Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show. I'm a writer, musician, and filmmaker. On this show, we are going to go ahead and discuss horror and read some horror fiction. So sit back, turn out the lights, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and on this show we're going to go ahead and do some interesting stuff. I think we're going to go ahead and talk about horror, but we're also going to read it. So it's going to be a combination of discussion and fiction, and I hope to bring some nice filmmakers and writers on the show that we can talk to. But first, let me introduce myself. I am Aaron Frail. I am your host. I am the writer of Playlist of the Ancient Dead. It is a creepy, unique look into a mysterious, crazy building that has a very interesting twist at the end. I also wrote a science fiction comedy called Time Burrito, and some of my other creative endeavors involve uh, playing guitar and screaming for the band Spiral. It's sort of your prog heavy metal. There's a lot of story element to it there as well. And then I co-wrote a feature movie called Hamlet the Vampire Slayer. Hamlet the Vampire Slayer is this interesting uh, mix between Buffy and Hamlet. And it was all shot for $5,000 and we had no idea what we were doing at the time. So I apologize in advance about the sound quality. However, it's funny. So laugh. That's about all it's meant to be. Anyways, welcome to the show. So, I would like to start off by talking about a genre that I personally am not that into, surprisingly. I think it is a genre that has, in the 2000s and the 15s, I don't know, what, 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 what is this, the, the, the teens maybe, the tweens? I guess the tweens would have been earlier, now we're in the teens, yeah, it's 17, going on 18 almost, you know, ready to fight and, and, and die for, for the government. Yeah, can't have a drink, though. But we can die at 18, which is exactly what happens in this genre of film. It is the genre of found footage. Found footage is just about on any platform. I mean, you could look at Hulu. You can look at Netflix. You can look at any sort of platform and find this found footage genre. You know what I'm talking about. It's the shaky cam. It's the people that are not really talking about anything, but, you know, they're, they're somehow uh, have this camera that, you know, somehow survives. You know, I mean, if I were like a demon psycho killer clown from outer space, I think I would like, I don't know destroy the camera personally speaking no one else can find out what i did if if i get rid of the camera but i guess you know the blair witch never thought of getting rid of the camera anyways to each his own but either way 
you know what I'm talking about. It's the found footage genre. There's plenty of found footage movies out there. Some of them, but not limited to, uh, they include movies such as Cannibal Holocaust, Guinea Pig 2, Flower of Flesh and Blood, Lawn Pigs, UFO Abduction, Man Bites Dog, Paranormal Activity, Paranormal Activity 2, Paranormal Activity 2, Tokyo Night. Yes, seriously, there's Paranormal Activity 2, Tokyo Night. I'm not kidding, look it up. Forgotten Silver, Cloverfield, Alien Abduction, Incident in Lake County, The Last Broadcast, The Blair Witch Project, The St. Francisville Experiment, Surf's Up, August Underground, August Underground's Mortem, August Underground's Penance, The Collingwood Story, Quarantine, Zero Day, Incident Loch Ness, District 9, September Tapes, The Curse, The Zombie Diaries, The Hunt, The Ritual, The Tunnel, The Man Who Had Too Much to Drink and Lost His Pants in the Woods. Okay, maybe I made that last one up. But you know, that's found footage. So, found footage. It's this genre of horror movie where we, the audience, are supposed to think that uh, this tape survived and and the people didn't and so the tape is sort of their their last document that 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 shows that these people ever existed at all it's it's sort of their their the last time they're they're seen alive is through the found footage genre and uh anyways it was made popular by the Blair Witch Project of course the Blair Witch Project wasn't the very first movie that came out in the found footage genre. It was Cannibal Holocaust in 1980. At least that's the one that I could figure out. Maybe there's one before that. Either way, Cannibal Holocaust, you get the title. However, you didn't create the movement. Sorry, buddy. No one's going to remember you. Guess you're just going to have to be on Wikipedia. Uh, anyway, so Blair Witch Project comes out and everybody wants to make some, some, some found footage movies. Scary movies. Very scary. And maybe you didn't think it was scary. I really personally did not think it was scary. I kind of knew the artifice that was going on. Uh, The Blair Witch Project was scary to some because it looked like it was real. They did a really, really good job at marketing this film. I mean... There was a fake news campaign that that basically came out in conjunction with the release. I remember seeing this it, this uh, documentary on TV that you know basically made it look like what happened in the Blair Witch Project was real. And then I go to the website and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, this looks so scary. And then uh, I I heard that at the Sundance Film Festival, they they actually released flyers with missing people on it to make it look like, you know, these these filmmakers were actually missing. And, uh, you know, that added to that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. These people. What happened to them? And then I saw the movie and I, I, I appreciate what it did, but... I, I, I'm going to say once again, found footage, not necessarily a genre for me. I, I personally love seeing what's going on. <laughs> That's one thing that, that, that I like as a movie goer. Personally, I like to see the action and I, I also like to have dialogue that kind of 
moves the plot along, you know. I, I do appreciate having some diversion and some things that go off in different directions, but generally speaking, with found footage, when it gets a little bit too realistic and they're talking about what they had for breakfast, I'm just, you know, kind of lose interest. Uh, and the same thing when I'm not really seeing what's going on and it's hard for me to track uh, what I see. And that's really just a personal taste. And I also am going to say, it doesn't mean I have to, like, see the monster at the very first scene. Like, I, I am totally fine with saving the monster to the end or, or, or something. But eventually I do want to see the monster. And eventually I do want to see, like, like what's happening to the characters and stuff like that. Like, I kind of want to know. I, I, I know that a lot of found footage sort of relies on this idea that the imagination is way scarier in your own mind than anything the filmmaker can think of and I do appreciate that but I also think like if you look at a movie like Alien Alien was a great horror movie it was a horror movie that relied on this idea that we really couldn't see what was going on the alien really didn't like come into full focus until the end and it was really terrifying and it could have easily gone in the found footage genre, but it didn't. It showed you what was going on, but just enough to get you terrified. Anyways, personal story, that's a diversion. I think the Blair Witch Project was brilliant in the fact that, you know, it cost about the, I think it was a Toyota Corolla? Not much money, and it made lots of money, and it also, it made popular the found footage genre, and I think that was a breakthrough in today's movies. And uh, when I say today's movies, really think about how horror has changed throughout the years. I mean, something like The Blair Witch Project doesn't necessarily work as well today as it did back when it was made. Uh, you know, in the 90s, people did have cameras on their phone. There was a few of them out there. It was a cool upgrade. Oh, look at that. I've got a camera phone. I'm pretty awesome. Or they had, you know, digital cameras. It was just starting. It was at the very, very start of all that. And and uh, if you look at it now, nowadays, now here in, in 2017, when I'm recording this, everyone has a camera. And so if you think about it, like, like that particular genre relies on the fact that there was enough camera technology to know what's going on, but not enough camera technology to where everyone had a camera. Really think about it. I mean, if there was a Blair Witch out there being a demon you know, eating people that get lost in the woods, well, where are all the other camera phone videos? I mean, everyone has a camera phone. I mean, I mean, like, uh, you know, it goes back to, I remember seeing this special effects uh, video about a UFO, like, hovering over London, and it was a pretty cool video. Like, like it looked real. It really looked like there was this UFO there. And then I saw there was another one, and I clicked on that, and it was the same incident, but from a different angle somewhere else in London. And then I saw a third one, and 
it was the same incident. I was like, oh my God, there's a UFO. I was getting really excited by it, but then I didn't see any more. I saw the three. And that made me stop and go, you know what? There are millions of people that live in London. Somehow I doubt that only three people caught this incident on their, uh, on their camera phone. There would have been more footage than that. And I did a little bit of research and I found out that it was a special effects company sort of doing their calling card. Like, look how good our special effects are. We have all these different vantage points and it's so cool. It looks kind of real. We'll go ahead and make your found footage really awesome. And, uh, you know, that's the same thing to go. If you think about the Blair Witch Project, there is a lot of camera phones out there. And I think that, Nowadays, somebody else might have caught this incident on tape. You know, oh, tape, that's a... Oh, that really dates me. <laughs> caught it on tape there, young fella. No, but someone else would have caught it on their, uh, you know, camera phone. And, and, and someone else would have seen this incident. And so I really think that, that found footage isn't as quite scary as it used to be. And that's the reason, because you know, it looks, it feels like it's real. It feels like it really happened. And I think found footage has a power in the sense that it is a very, very real format. It is something that could happen to you or your neighbor, paranormal activity, cashed in on this in the sense that they eliminated the problem while everyone has a camera phone by just making it in one person's house in particular. So it totally buy into this concept that, you know, they're the only people that see this. And I think that's where the true power lies in found footage is that you think that it's real. It could happen to you. It could happen to someone you know. And, and that goes back to why they did that fake news campaign to get people to think that it really, really happened. I also have a very sad story as a final note to my talk about the Blair Witch Project, uh, back before I met my amazing wife that I am with now, I remember meeting this exchange student from Australia, and, you know, we were hitting off. She was cute, and I was interested in her, and we were driving back to the dorms, and this was back in college, and uh, she had said, I really want, I can't do an Australian accent, or else I would try and reproduce it, but she said that she really wanted to see the Blair Witch Project. And me, I said to her, yeah, I really want to see that too. It looks like it's going to be a pretty good movie. So take note, guys. Uh, when someone says they really want to see a movie and you're driving them back to their dorm room, they're trying to set up a second date. Don't say how you would really like to see it too. Because, yep, that's all that that was it. The end of story. Wah, 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 wah. Pitiful, I know. All right. Well, I will go ahead and see you in the next segment of this show. The next segment of the show, I'm going to go ahead and read you some of my own fiction. So I'm going to go ahead and read a story that I have not read out loud nor shown to anyone before it is something that's on the burner and that i am in the middle of writing it is a science fiction horror so it's a little bit of both trust me there's some cool little cultists in there so you got the horror element and i also want to 
say that if you are interested in having me read one of your stories, I'll go ahead and let you know at the end of the show how to get in touch with me. I also am looking maybe for some filmmakers, some writers. Maybe you want to read your own story. Maybe you want an interview. We'll see how this goes. Anyways, I'll see you in a moment. Chapter 1 by Aaron Frail Zhang Zhang's earbuds crackled and was overtaken by a low hum, his music interrupted by the noise. A light flashed and a blonde in a blue plaid skirt and a white button-up shirt appeared in the Forever 21. She was the most beautiful girl John had ever seen. She pulled a pair of pink headphones from her ear and stuffed them into her hipster backpack. She spoke into her watch on her wrist. I'm number 42. I'm pursuit. I'm in pursuit. She crashed into John and they tumbled to the ground. She was on top of him. He looked into her crystal blue eyes and was completely lost for words. He stammered. Sorry, she muttered and pushed herself up. John lifted himself back to his feet, and by the time he turned around, she was gone. The only thing that was left was a pink cell phone that must have fallen from her backpack. He picked up the phone. He didn't recognize the make and model. It was something that he had never seen before. The lock screen said, Abby's phone. John was 16, had long hair, and a skateboard. A pair of headphones was always in his ears. He was always listening to music. The soundtrack of his life irritated his parents, but he didn't care. They always told him that he would do better if he wasn't listening to music all the time. He'd be bored to death if he didn't listen to music. Blonde hair and a blue skirt flashed by the window store. He ran out to see her and saw her running through the mall. John took off after her and wove in and out of people. At one point, a large group of old ladies in their jogging gear were power-walking and slowed down. Another group of girls sneered at him when he pushed past. Finally, he made it to a large intersection where the ball branched in five different directions. He looked at every direction and didn't see her. He thought he had lost her when he had noticed that she'd gone down a set of stairs. It was a small service entry, so there weren't any witnesses. A man in a large coat held her by the neck. He had black hair, a black beard, and was missing a couple teeth. There was a scar across his forehead, like someone had popped a skull cap just to get out his brain. The man held a blade to her throat. It was an odd-looking blade that erupted from his knuckles, like the wolverine, if it had one large, fierce-looking weapon. She struggled and to free herself, but couldn't escape his grip. John thought fast. He put his skateboard on the ground. There was a doe skateboarding sign right in front of him. As chance would have it, his favorite punk song began on the playlist, always in his ears. John kicked his feet off the ground and skated down the staircase. Heavy ball cop from across the way, saw John and yelled, You! Stop right there! 
He jumped the board on the railing down the stairs. He grinded all the way down, and the black-bearded man turned at the last moment. The board cracked the man in the teeth, and he went sprawling onto the ground, dumping Blonde onto the ground. John whirled around and stuck his hand out. Abby? She took his hand and helped her to her feet. He locked eyes with her. How'd you know my name? She said. It says so on your phone. He handed her the phone. His heart pounded because he wasn't sure what to do next. He had never talked to a girl, much less even saved one before. John had never been good with girls. He didn't really know what to do with them. He always ignored them. Thanks, you can go now, she said and swiped the phone. But, he stammered, she ignored him and turned towards the man sprawled on the ground. He was rubbing his head and groaning. She pulled out the pink headphones and put them in her ears. She swiped her phone using an app John had never seen before. Abby had placed her hand on the man's shoulder, and she lifted the other hand to her watch. I got him. I'm tuning now. There was a flash, and both Abby and the man disappeared. John was by himself at the bottom of the service stairs. The overweight mall cop appeared at the top. He was gasping for air and exhausted by his run across the mall. You, come up here, the cop said between breaths. Don't make me come down there. was a little bit of tuners a horror science fiction that i'm writing uh obviously it's a ya novel so it's meant for a high school age audience i am also looking for more people to join the storytelling i think that one of the great things about this podcast is you know with real paranormal activity you can get some nice ghost stories going on. With this podcast, I think I want to go ahead and open it up to any kind of stories. I mean, uh, you know, if you do have some ghost stories, they're more than welcome. But I also think that I think it would be really cool if we all got together and just told some stories. They don't have to be truthful. They can be completely works of fiction, but it's a good chance to get your stories heard. So... What you're going to do is go ahead and email me at aaronshorrorshow at gmail.com. That's aaronshorrorshow at gmail.com. A-A-R-O-N-S horrorshow at gmail. I also am looking for writers and filmmakers and anyone who generally makes horror uh, happen, and I would be happy to interview you on the show. I love telling my own stories, but honestly, I want to hear other people's stories too and share them with the world. So, uh, feel free to go ahead and email me, and thank you for listening. Have a good night.